Hey, you listen to Chew on That, and here's what we're chewing on today. Uh, one of the most popular tourist attractions in all of America is Yellowstone National Park. With the wildlife, the scenery, the geysers, and the Kevin Costner show, people from all over the world love to go there. But there's one particular place in the park that only the most daring and the most adventurous people are able to visit. It's called the Thoroughfare Ranger Station. It's in the southeast corner of the park. And if you're a ranger and you're assigned there, you're gonna drive about 15 miles outside the park, get on horseback and ride the shortest route to the station, 32 miles into the wilderness. For ultra serious hikers, this is on all their bucket lists. Why? because it's the most remote place in the lower 48 states. From the sky, it's actually called a dark spot on the map because there are absolutely no lights. Susan Boswell, president of the Cartographic Technology Group, was tasked by an automobile maker to find the place in the United States that is the farthest from any publicly maintained road. That spot is Thoroughfare Ranger Station, 32 miles from the closest trail. We asked ourselves, why would that be on anyone's bucket list? Why would anyone want to go there? Because it is the most secluded place in America. If you want to go somewhere where you are alone, this is the place. Another option, though, is some of your hearts. I want to talk about that today in a message we're calling, One is the Loneliest Number. Hey, welcome to Chew On That. My name is Pastor Keith, and you are joining us for a podcast where we dissect, go deeper, speak of. Um, uh, I, I guess that's all, that's all the, that's yeah. all the, the yeah, synonyms I can come up with with what we do on this podcast yeah. uh, about uh, the current sermon happening uh, here at Life Church yeah. in Green Bay. Uh, we are currently in week four of the sermon series, No Hard Feelings. Uh, this last sermon on Sunday, we discussed loneliness as the topic. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, should, I shouldn't say we. No. Nope. 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 Just... Just pastor. Just pastor. Just, <laughs> just, but we all listened. Yeah, yeah. We, we all listened to a sermon on loneliness. And uh, um, and so, yeah, that's what today's show is going to be on. Uh, joining me is uh, Pastor Dallas, our kids pastor. Hello. And Megan. Hi. Our How's marketing specialist. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, do I get anything? I was, well, I was going to say our women's pastor. Uh, yes, do yeah. it. I was going to no. say, I was going to say but that. But alas. Because, because the last couple of weeks she's done teachings on, mm-hmm. on the platform. Um, uh, this yeah. last week was a prayer and, and the week before was a tithing teaching. And uh, each time I was on, I was, I was, uh, you know, yes. in the vicinity of her and I was you know, I don't speak out loud a lot, mm-hmm. but in in the recording of that uh, of the sermon two weeks mm-hmm. ago, you could hear me go, "Yeah!" yeah. and then start clapping. <laughs> and then I was behind her uh, on on the platform, yes. playing playing the yeah. bass guitar. Uh, and then I I was I was uh, s- struck. Yeah, like mm-hmm. your teachings are yeah are, that was are really good. They um you come off with an authority with a with a an anointing, uh, you speak with an authority, mm. like you should be. Thank you. And so mm. that, if, there, if, if, if you would ask me what the definition of a pastor is, that isn't, I mean, you can obtain it in a college. I know a lot of people do, mm. but I would say that you are of the variety that have obtained it because God has said it and, and you come off that way. And it's, it's, uh, amazing to do the show with you. And it's amazing to see, um, what God is doing through you. 
Thank you. I wanted wow. to compliment you too, but I, but man, Keith really complimented. He gave you the compliment of compliments. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm glad that that was recorded. I was, yeah. <laughs> I also love that, like, give it time. If people are like, I wonder what they talk about before the podcast, give it time. It'll come up. <laughs> yeah. Because we've said this to Megan many, many times. You're more than the Welcome Center liaison. So, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was really, really good on Sunday too. Wow. Thanks, guys. Um, Dang. Two things popped up. One, have either of you guys ever been to Yellowstone? No. No, I watched the show. No, the, I've been I've been in the vicinity, but never through. I don't know if Yellowstone and the sh- the show and Yellowstone are in the same place. I think Yellowstone's in Montana, the show, and oh. I think Yellowstone is <laughs> maybe is, I don't know. I don't. You know what? I don't. I've been there once. It was fun. Uh, also, one is the loneliest number. Can you sing it? No. Oh, that's. I knew it. Can you sing it? Oh, for sure, I can. We won't get in trouble if you're singing. Yeah. One is the loneliest. I, that's all I can Number do. Number that you have. It's like, I think an old 60s song. Uh, maybe 50s know. even. 50s maybe. Old. Yeah. yeah. I suppose if I, if only we had devices in front of us. <laughs> I actually, I actually put mine <laughs> on the ground. Funny. I was, I was yeah. really afraid I was going to, it was going to distract me. So I was like, only we had devices in front of us that we so, could type these nope, things guys, in. We're going to pretend this is 50s. funny. Okay. I saw a meme yesterday. I just, I guess I'm going to share it with everyone now. It says, can't seem to sleep. Let's see if this bright light of my phone containing all the information <laughs> in the entire world held inches away from my face for the next 15 minutes manages to lull me into a peaceful slumber. <laughs> and it and doesn't. I just thought, that is me. It doesn't. And it doesn't. No. <laughs> oh, it does for me. Does really? it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't put a, I don't put like a, like my wife has a, a an orange light or all of her lights turn a weird, like I hurt, it, it hurt my eyes. <laughs> like, like, no, these are good. It's so they don't, you don't, you don't the, keep you awake. These are uh, good. The blue light blockers yeah, blue or light, something. Yeah, sure. I, for me, they're like searing. I see them like, <laughs> so I don't do any of that. My keep my light at the same, my, and yeah, I'll read, uh, I'll do, I'll, yeah, I'll read the Bible. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I don't want to sound like a, yeah. like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. No, sometimes I, sometimes I read oh. the Bible. Sometimes I read uh, uh, historical information. I, I like history. So yeah. um, sometimes I read about motorcycle parts. See? That's okay. true. There you go. Thank you. And then I get, and then I get a little tired and then I put my phone down and be like, oh, I gotta go to bed. I was going <laughs> to say, babe. listeners, if he was going to stay staying uh, spiritual, I was going to bring you guys back to, to where <laughs> last night I couldn't sleep and I watched a show uh, on my phone called How Ridiculous. It's, <laughs> I think they're from uh, they're from Perth, Australia, and they do the most <laughs> ridiculous things. They're That's three awesome. friends, and they so I watched them take ten glass windows okay. stacked up together, and to see like with certain objects if they could break all ten. And I loved it. I was entranced. Yes. Uh, and but here's what I love is they have the, I love their accents and I love so they'll say oh look that was cheeky oh yeah oh we got ourselves a striker you know things like that it makes I love it I so I can't just watch it because watching it, but I have to hear them talk to yeah. each other oh definitely yeah because I think they, they they have names like Gonson and Stanford and uh, I can't remember the other one but I love this show and I was. <laughs> Well, I watched too many videos last night, so. <laughs> oh, okay, see, there you go. What did I watch last night? I think we just watched our Netflix show and I went to bed. There you go. So, I oh, don't know. We were going to watch, uh, we we are into um, Only Murders in the Building right now. Yeah. And so, we were we were, we were going to watch an episode of that, but then uh, then Jenna was like, no, we have to do these things, like we have to, because school just started mm. for the kids. Yes. And, and my son's birthday is this weekend, so yes. we had to awesome. get some stuff ready for it. And she's like, no, we, we have to do that first. So we did that, and then at the end of it, that didn't take that just five it. minutes. I was like, <laughs> yeah. 
going to go hit the old dusty trail. And yeah. just, <laughs> just went upstairs and went to bed. Yeah. There you go. Oh, getting old. Yes. <laughs> Such a joy. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh, getting old. That's like awesome. so I thought I I thought I might have had uh, arthritis this weekend. Really? Yeah. So I mm. so on my right hand on my mouse finger, um the hand I used to like if to play bass. Yes. Like I this week it in the morning it really hurt. Mm-hmm. And then uh and then Friday, like it, it, it really, really hurt. Mm. And then Saturday, it was, it was like locking up, and I had done no trauma to it. Mm. Yeah. So nothing like that. And I'm like, obviously on the internet, like, well, what? How come it hurts <laughs> in the morning really bad, and it eases off during the day, and it's in just one joint? And and I mean, that's co- like I mean, arthritis. Arthritis. So yeah. Sunday, I could barely hold. Uh, I could, definitely couldn't play with my fingers, mm. and so I had to hold, mm. do a pick, and like I was, I was really, I was in prayer on Sunday. Uh, a lot, lot. And like, cause I have this fear uh, that if my hands don't work anymore, what do I do for God? Mm. Like a Ooh, really dang. bad. And I brought that up uh, at staff meeting the week, yeah. like that Tuesday at our during the homeless staff meeting. And sure enough, I'm like, I'm just looking up on Sunday morning up, up to the sky. And I'm like, I, mm. I don't, I mean, I'm going to make it. Uh, there's no way I'm uh, like, my hand has to be physically cut off before I would bow out. Yeah. But I'm like, is this it? Is this how is this how the story ends? And then I'll tell you this, uh, on Sunday night, um, Sunday afternoon, because it was still really hurting into the night. I was I was outside and and I and I, I would said it out loud. I'm like, if my hands fall off, I, I'm still doing yeah. I'm still going I'm I'm not here because of my hands anymore. Yeah. Amen. Where I thought I was here for my hands for years, my eyes. Mm-hmm. What what I could do what what I could do with my eyes and my hands because of what God gave me the abilities to do, I thought they were my value and they were, um, they were my only ticket in. Mm-hmm. And without it, I'm kicked off the train. And so the story ends with uh, on Monday, I could start making a fist again. Mm. And Ooh. today, like I can't unscrew my water bottle with it, mm. but it I, looks, I I'm moving it yeah. again. Looks and, mobile. Yeah. It hurts. There's this little, there's this little, there's this pain. And again, no trauma. I can't say, oh, on Thursday I bumped it on this. So I have no idea what happened other than God. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to speak, speak like life over that thing that's mm-hmm. trying to distract and destroy yeah. you. And I think that's exactly what you did. You, you told the enemy like, bro, you can take my finger if you want, but yeah. it's not going to stop me. Yeah. And sometimes we have to do that. Yeah. I prayed, I prayed a lot on mm-hmm. if you want this hand healed, heal it. Yeah. And if, and if, if you don't point me, point me where you need me. Yeah. Cause that's just get me on the field. Come on. That's good. So, that's really good. Yeah. That's, that's, good. that's, that's what I went with over Labor Day weekend. Cool. The New York times, they published a study on loneliness that declared our society is experiencing what they would call a loneliness epidemic. According to former U S surgeon general, Vivek, Murthy, loneliness can shorten a person's lifespan by as much as 15 years. In fact, he said, during my years caring for patients, the most common pathology I saw wasn't heart disease, it wasn't diabetes, it was loneliness. One in six baby boomers in America live alone. 50% of all American people do not know their neighbor's names. What's interesting is that Generation Z and Millennials, they have the highest rate of loneliness, and that 
make sense because they live most of their lives in isolation. They live most of their lives online. Most of their connections, most of their relationships, most of their friends are online. How many people can say they have 722 friends on Facebook, but they don't have any friends in real life? Loneliness, it's, it's one of the biggest threats to public health in America. Research tells us that lonely people are significantly more likely to get sick. On average, they experience a 64% decrease in cognitive function and are 45% more likely to die early. Loneliness, it's a predator. And if you struggle with it, you're not alone. So it's, it's, it's interesting. So I, before the podcast, I was saying that I don't know if I struggle with loneliness. And then when he talked about baby boomers, I was like, you do struggle with a form of loneliness. Mm. Because I think there, if, you, if you would ask a baby boomer, why are you alone? Why are you this? There, I bet I would put money on it. The, the, probably the biggest answer, if we were playing you know, uh, uh, Family Feud, and the number one on the board would probably be, I don't want to be a burden to anyone. And that's what I struggle with. I struggle when it comes to doing things, I'll, I won't ask for help. I'm afraid to, I don't wanna be a burden to anybody. And so therefore I try to do things on my own. And so I, had a, I'm, I am going through a similar thing that Keith just talked about when it comes to help because we're, we're, uh, we're closing on our, our house on Friday, but then on Monday, I go to Israel with my dad, that was something we've planned for years. And it was before our, our church was doing it uh, or rescheduling for it. And so something we talked about and just the timing was, I can't be a help to like my family and it's bothering me. And I think it's because God's trying to help me go, I don't want you to do things on your own. I need you to ask for help. I need you to, to surround yourself with people. And so, so seriously, when people are like, have, Come to us and said, "Hey, can we, I would love to help you move?" I'm like, I, "I actually do need your help because I won't be here," and that's hard for me. That's I feel in a way I feel it's like it's weakening me, but it's but it's helping me not to do life on my own. And so I I, I realize, yeah, I I, I am not a I, I'm glad that I can admit that I also struggle with loneliness in a certain way. And it's interesting because he you know Pastor Sean talked about you know loneliness being a predator that taxes, and sometimes with certain predators we think it's coming in one direction but sometimes it comes in another direction and gets us and so it was one of those things where I you know I, I actually looked at Megan I did the exploding mind thing so I was like <laughs> oh wait a minute like I do struggle with loneliness on a on, on a aspect of it that I need to to welcome people and to help me with mm, that's so good uh yeah my take on this what really stuck out to me was Gen Z and millennials are uh, very lonely. And if you don't know, Gen Z, uh, they're youngers. Millennials are my age. I think it's millennials are 83 to... Easy there, Tiger. Hey. They're 81. 81. Okay, there you go. So, but I think people mistake millennials as like, oh, well, the kids, you know, yeah. like, no, actually millennials are now like functioning adults and have multiple children. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I know a grandparent. Yeah. Like, that's <laughs> a, a millennial, millennial grandparent. Uh, I think that she would, I, I, I want to say that she was 80 or 81, but yes. Yeah. Well, see, yeah. so it's possible. So like right on the cusp, you're like two years out before yep. it's like going to be a common number. <laughs> exactly. That's crazy. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, yeah. So anyway, if your mind was just blown over that, you're welcome. Uh, but yeah, why do we struggle with loneliness like the most out of any generation? I'm trying to think about that. And um, 
we're watching a show on Netflix. It's called uh, Narcos and it's based in the eighties. Is that a Christian show? Uh, so, <laughs> on so <Netflix>? Christian. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I was like, should I say it? Should I not? But I, I felt like I just had to say it. Um, and so anyway, set in the eighties and I've been watching the show just like, man, what a good time. Like the eighties, mm-hmm. no cell phones, none. Like, yeah. I mean, they did, but they're so old school and only like rich people had, you know, a yes. cell phone, you know what I mean? But like, if you wanted to ha- see a friend or whatever, you had to like go meet up. Yes. And I'm just like, you had to meet up. Yep. There's none of this like texting, you know, I'll text my friend who lives out in California sometimes and we'll like text back and forth a little bit. Maybe we'll FaceTime. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, you don't get that face-to-face interaction. And uh, I wonder if we've just replaced that face-to-face interaction with over the phone. Everything's over the phone because what? Well, it's convenient yeah. and you can theoretically talk to more people in your day, right? Mm-hmm. But you don't have that like meaningfulness. It's just been stripped away. It's taken away. And we are the first generations that have experienced that. Mm-hmm. So no wonder we're the most lonely. No wonder we're the most isolated because we can create our own little social worlds uh, from our bedroom and like we don't have to leave or go anywhere. Yeah. And man. It's, I remember uh, Sebastian Maniscalco made a joke about it that there's the generation before when someone knocked on the door, you went to the door and you're like, hey, how (laughs) are you? Things like that. But if someone knocks on the door now, everyone's like, who is it? Okay. Are you expecting one? They're hiding and they're like, what? And then you open up yes. the, yeah. the, the ring camera. <laughs> yeah. Who? who? I just saw- Leave okay, it at the door. Guys, I saw another meme. Yesterday was meme Monday. Okay, whatever. I saw another meme. Uh, you got a lot was, of stuff done around the yeah, house. Yeah, I do. It was like, it was like uh, either, you know, Gen Z or millennials or whatever. When the, when the phone rings and you get a phone call and it was- uh, a guy sitting outside, like smoking a cigarette, like stressed out that the phone is ringing, right? Like that you may have to answer the phone gives you anxiety. Like that's kind of the world we've created for ourselves. Like it's really hard for us to even have like a live conversation or we have to like build ourselves up to it. Yeah. Yeah. With what you're saying, the nostalgia factor, like I, I grew up right on that cusp of, uh, I forgot what what is the one right before right before Gen millennia. X. Yeah, are are you a Gen are you a Gen X or are you a millennial? I th- in some some of the I was born in eighty two. In some of the studies, I'm mm. the first year millennial, and others I'm like the last year Gen X. Um, but are, are we possibly Gen Z then? No. Okay. <laughs> no. What's Gen Z? Is the one after? Those, those are the kids. Oh, that's right yeah. now. Okay. Yeah. No, okay. that's Ken- that's like Kennedy. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, so like the nostalgia factor of it, I think that growing up, like like you said, Megan, I remember. Uh, I mean, you, you wanted to see one of your friends, you had to get on a bike, you yeah. know, um, you just come home with the street lights on, yep. uh, no cell phones. Um, what I do like about today though, and is that the amount of information we can gather quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, cause I, I guess I'm, I'm a, I like learning stuff. Yep. Um, so I really enjoy that. And, and this, this is not to be understated at all, but I remember as a kid, a lot of my friends didn't have air conditioning. <laughs> And, hey. And, <laughs> oh, I was from Las Vegas. <laughs> oh, and so like, I look at my life now and I'm like, I really like air conditioning. I like, I like that that's, I like a, very, I like that's a, a very normal thing to have, you know? Yeah. Thank you, um, Lord. Loneliness, uh, you know, I thought throughout my life I did I did uh, suffer with it a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm one of those people that it, making friends is, has always been very easy for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that people think that I'm a bubbly person all the time, but I'm bubbly and very, I'm a sprinter. In, but I could, there's no way mm. I could run the bell in 
if in this in this bubbly, bubbly race. Yeah, I'm a 100 meter dash bubbly person. And then at the end of it, I'm like, yeah. and then I walk off, hands up on the head. I'm like catching my breath and I'm yeah. exhausted. Yeah. Uh, there's no way I'm running marathons at this at this pace uh, because because I guess my normal my normal self is a very quiet, very in a room. I go to the corners. I, 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 and this is, I don't know where this came from or why it came from, but in a restaurant and my wife knows this too, like I have to have my, my back can't be towards the door. Like, I, I don't know why that is, but even we'll go to a restaurant and Jenna will sit down and, you, and, and like, she'll sit down and she'll notice my eyes are darting and stuff. She's like, do, do you want to switch spots? And there are times where I'm like, yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I, I don't know why that is. Um, but I'm a very, uh, naturally I'm a quiet person. Um, which is kind of an oxymoron because with that my natural, my natural mm. stance. Um, it's always been very easy for me to make friends. I've always been able to mold into social groups decently easy. Mm. But, um, but I, 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 I've said this before um, that I, I could be surrounded with a hundred people, and I, I don't know if if any of those hundred people are actually like my friends, and I can be, I can feel incredibly lonely. Yeah. You know, I could be in a room full of hundreds of people and feel absolutely by myself. Mm-hmm. So I thought that I struggled and I say, I keep saying, I thought, I thought because the more uh pastor broke down uh, loneliness, loneliness, I don't know if I, if I do suffer with loneliness or an inability to cope with social settings. Mm. You know, oh. I, I do think I'm a decently socially <laughs> awkward human being. Mm. I, and I have masked that with sarcasm and with jokes like, like pastor Dallas, I've masked that nearing, I think perfection. Because I think the vast majority of people think that I'm this all the time, mm. you know, but you know, that's, it's the, you can joke so much, but some people don't like that joke. So you got to dial it back in this group setting. You got to dial it up in this group. Like I have, this has been a scientific equation for me mm. to, to land in a social group, to be this person that uh, really, my God, I, I don't, I'm not. Mm. Um, but then you, you, you ask yourself then too, with the, with the loneliness or is it social awkwardness? If you pretend to be the part so long, are you the part? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So this, uh, this, this message, uh, and, and if you're listening to this, you're 22 minutes in, so I think we have you. Um, <laughs> but if you're still on the fence with, with ditching, uh, because well, I'm not a lonely person or I am a very lonely person. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe in the, uh, in the remainder of this episode, uh, like it was for me, uh, on Sunday when I heard the sermon, maybe my perspective on what, maybe I was just scapegoating saying it's loneliness when it's really just me being an awkward human being. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Said, you know, there's a big difference between being alone and being lonely. You you can be alone without being lonely. Uh, I'm a good example of that. Like I, I tend to recharge alone. I don't actually recharge around people. You can be alone and not lonely. There's actually times that we need to be alone, especially spiritually. Uh, It's hard to have an intimate connection with God if you never get alone with him. You can be alone without being lonely. But on the flip side, you can be lonely without being alone. You can be in a crowd of people and still feel the pangs 
of loneliness. Some of you are feeling that now, even as the songs went on and you saw some people who were encountering God. They were experiencing the Holy Spirit. They were weeping and they were clapping and they were doing all this stuff and you were surrounded by people and yet you still felt alone. Henry David Thoreau, he once said, a city is a place where hundreds of people are lonely together. Because loneliness isn't isolation of space, it's isolation of spirit. It's a feeling that you're cut off, that you're unnoticed, that you're unloved, that you're unneeded, that you're even unnecessary. The violence of loneliness, it is deafening. Oh, so good. And yeah, you know, I thought at first when Sean started talking, I was like, I don't know, loneliness, is that something that I struggle with? And then it was kind of like a little ticker tape uh, in my mind of all the times that I have felt really alone or struggled straight up with loneliness. And I think at its core, I realized it was always this feeling of wanting to be understood, Mm -hmm. of wanting to um, have like connection, like deep connection and not just like be around people. But then my solution was always like, well, I just fill it with like being around more and more people. And it kind of made me this like you know, the, the center of the party, right? Like the, the party person where you just want to be around as many people as you can, because you think that that's going to fix your, your loneliness, but it's not, it's not addressing that like core need, uh, which is to be understood. And the closer that I've gotten uh, to Jesus, I've realized that he satisfies that need and desire in my heart to be understood or so I don't need necessarily like you know, 80 people (laughs) to know me and understand me because I'm like, even if you misunderstand me, I know that my father understands me. So, so there's, there's that aspect, but there is still kind of this like, uh, surface level loneliness that I still do struggle with. Like sometimes, you know, as a mom, you go several days without like seeing people and you're like, well, you know, if you don't go to work, I, that would be that would be really hard for me to yeah. be honest because um, I think work kind of helps me with that. But you still do need you need yeah. friends and yeah. you do need other people yeah. to go be around. So and for people to understand you is important as well, so that they can help you, like we've talked about before, through different problems and areas in your life where you need that Jesus advice. But um, yeah, man, press into Jesus when you're lonely. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I just realized I, I was, I was when pastor was talking about, it's good to be alone, you know, be alone with God. But, you know, and I was like, I wonder if people are doing church wrong. Like maybe they thought it was supposed to be this way. Here's what I mean. I wonder if people come to church to corporately learn and pray and, and then they don't do the community. Like mm-hmm. they're like, they're by themselves, but they come to church to do all that, where it should be the opposite, where you should be praying and, and, and encountering God by yourself. And then when you're at church, you're supposed to be doing community together. <laughs> like it, it's, we're, we're doing it wrong. Does that make sense? You're giving me the look. Uh, like, I'm giving you a look because, and this, this might be my, my ignorance. And if it is, that totally is what? cool. Uh, what does corporate mean? Like in this setting, I, 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 and I should probably have raised my hand, but, but then when you're on the staff for like years, did I say corporate? Like, yeah. Like I'm on my third, third year on staff. Like I have never raised my hand during staff meeting and be like, what does corporate worship mean? Mm. What is corporate? I, I probably meant to mean like community worship. No, no, I, no, but, no, but, but that, that's what you said. Yeah. And, people and, say corporate. Yeah. Yes, and so you're right. I guess I've never understood. Um, and yeah, this is sarcastic at all. If you could 
define that? I, I, I take corporate worship as doing worship together because you can do worship by yourself, yeah. but, but doing worship in, in like one accord and in, in yeah. one, you know, why, one why direction. Is, why is corporate the word? Used? I don't know. Like, it feels like that that's more like, like, like suit, like I, and white I, collar. Yeah. I agree with you. And I, I think I probably said it not mean to say, cause I, I wanted to say community worship mm-hmm. to do like as a, but at, to go to church and like, Hey, let's worship together and let's talk mm-hmm. about, talk together and let's do life together. But I think people are doing the opposite is they're coming to church and they're like, okay, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to get the, you know, the message and I'm going to get the scripture and I'm going to, and I'm going to, you know, receive the prayer, you know, together, but everything else I'm going to do by myself. And I think it's supposed to be the opposite. Why do I think, you think people do that? Ooh, I don't know. Cause I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It sounds, it sounds strange to me too. Well, yeah. uh, it, it doesn't, it doesn't. Cause I, I think back, um, and like, I'm like, that was me for sure. And I think it came out of a place of insecurity for me. And it, it could be that. Yeah. And I think, I think it's getting past that, but I could tell you in, in alone time with God motivates that, community mm, for me though. For sure. Um, when, when I, you know, I like this weekend, I was listening to a lot of gospel music. Uh, I just, I think cause I'm a musician and I just, but I was trying to find good gospel music that was connecting to like scripture more than, cause some gospel music is just like, you know, like I listened to this one, I actually skipped the song and I'm not going to say who the artist is, but she kind of started off by just saying like, my grandma used to say this. I'm like, nope, I don't want to listen to this. <laughs> I, I, I want to worship during, you know, I like gospel cause, but sometimes gospel is like advice, you know, or that's how I interpret it. But anyways, um, but listening to gospel music, it, it got me kind of excited to worship with other people. Uh, on Sunday. And so I think that alone time helps with the community side. And so I think that's why I think it's important that you are getting that one-on-one time with God to help with the community or maybe help in that prayer time. Maybe you're listening going, yeah, I struggle with that. Maybe in private prayer, prayer when your prayer needs got to be like, God, help me to be around people mm-hmm. and, and to, you know, to interact with someone and hey, you know what, interact with someone and if they don't interact the way you didn't like it, go interact with someone else. Yeah, you know, and and or or try to spark a conversation, or or you know, I don't know. Maybe there's things you got to pray through and stuff. Because I understand for some people it is it is a struggle. Uh, I don't struggle with it as much, but I did struggle with it. You know many, many years ago. So, um, so I get it, but I, I just know that some of that helped me with it. I don't know if that makes sense for others. Maybe people are like, you know, like, nope, that still didn't work. I prayed every time and it's still, you know, it's just, yeah, I keep praying for things sometimes. I don't know. I don't know. So. Yeah. The, the line that stuck out to me in that soundbite was, uh, and this is where I started second guessing, is it loneliness was, and it was a subtly, and he said it very, very quickly, but, uh, when you're lonely, when you're, you, you, you have that feeling of unwanted or unneeded, mm. yeah. like you are unwanted and, un, and unneeded. And I guess there has been seasons in my life where I have felt very unwanted. Uh-huh. Uh, my childhood was in particular, I felt very, very unwanted. And, and I yeah. don't think it was, it was unwarranted feelings. Yeah. Right. In fact, I know they weren't, <laughs> it was uh, uh, unwarranted feelings. Uh, but in my adult life to which I, I assume that I'm still this, uh, I, I know that I'm wanted by by some people, yeah. and yeah. and I know that I'm needed by a good handful of people. Yeah, and so I were I second guessed it when I heard it. I was like, well, am I not even in the definition of lonely? If so, if I'm not lonely, then what am I? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that I'm not something. Yeah, like I'm definitely something. But 
but maybe maybe I was just scratching the surface and I was just being kind of a uh I was being weak on it because I thought I had defined it and it, that's not the problem. I think the and and I I, I want to say this now because I, I think there's probably a lot of new believers who are listening to this. I think the time that I did feel lonely was when I became a new believer because I, I didn't have a lot of other believers around me. And so what I wanted to pursue and go to, uh, I mean, there was just people who were not on board with it. And so I did go home to people who di- weren't on the same page with some of my beliefs and desires and things. And so it was a very lonely moment, but it did motivate me to get connected with other believers and to be around other believers. And so thankfully I'm married now to, an, a, to a, a Jesus person and that helps, but I know that my wife can't be my only friend. And so the biggest thing that I did when we got here was I joined life groups. Cause I was like, I, I can't, you can't just be my only friend. I need to make other friends who are Jesus people. And so if you're new to the faith, I can tell you the enemy would love to tempt you with loneliness to get you out of the faith and don't allow that to happen. You know, find people that you can be like-minded with and connect with. So, because I think that loneliness can tempt you go, you know what? I'm tired of, I, I don't want to be this lonely. And, and to think that your relationship with God is not worth it because of it. It's a powerful thing. Um, if we allow it to stay in us. Yeah. I, I, I to a new believer, um, and I hope we have new believers listening. I really, um, I really, really, really do. Uh, what helped me in my early journey, and it helps me even today, is that to remind myself that my, that I'm not a unique case study. Yeah. That I have, I am. If I have a number on my head, I'm probably something like nine billion nine hundred forty-seven million. <laughs> well, like I'm a digit. Yeah. So th- all that to say is that there are a lot of digits that came before me. Sure. And hopefully, there's going to be a lot of digits that come after me. What I'm doing is I'm not a unique case study. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I don't, I'm not a person that has bucked the system. Yeah. I, I am normal. Mm-hmm. I, if I think of myself in a, I am a normal person. My story, while it, it is, it has variances is much like Megan's story. It's much like Dallas's story. The, the only real difference is the names and the dates of the, of the people and things involved. Mm-hmm. And when I remind myself that I, that I am not a unique case study. Then, then I, it, it lends to the belief that quite possibly I'm not alone. Hmm. That if I'm normal, odds are the person in the room with you has a similar story, has a similar testimony to yours. Yeah. The, the names and the dates just might have changed. Yeah. And when you pull the names and the dates away and you're like, oh, I've felt that same way. I yeah. have lived a similar experience to you. That's That helped me... Um, yeah, that helped me just a humble myself and b remind myself that uh, I'm not. I guess I'm not alone. Yeah. So good. Chronic loneliness. It's like a loop, and people get stuck in it. Uh, they're preoccupied with their problems, and they shut people out. Essentially, these people unconsciously determine to be lonely. And Dr. Young classifies these people as individuals who feel lonely for longer than two years apart from any traumatic event. Uh, They're people who are lonely for so long that they've forgotten why they're lonely. Sigmund Freud, he told a story about a boy who was expelled from school 
for misbehavior. And so they made him leave uh, the school building and, and he immediately went outside the classroom and began to throw rocks against the windows. And uh, the principal went outside and confronted the boy and he asked him, why are you throwing rocks against the windows? And the boy said, because I wanted everyone to know I'm still here. And some of you need to throw some rocks against the windows and let some people in your life know that you're still here, that you haven't disappeared, that even though you're in solitude or solace, that you need to, to understand that you still need people. Don't get caught in the loop, the labyrinth of loneliness. If you're struggling with it, ask yourself why, and then talk to someone about it. Who's gonna go? Uh, yeah, I can go. <laughs> um, it's 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 interesting, you know. I, I I try to I try to talk to like three people mm, that I've never talked to every Sunday. I try to make that a goal of mine. I like explain that goal. I go in the lobby and I go, okay, I want to find three people I've never met before and introduce myself and get and enter, and get to know them and mm. and I ask this question, you know, sometimes, you know, how long have you been coming to Life Church? And because I don't want to say first time, and then they go like, no, it's, I've been here for two years. And so I, and so, but the reason I had to change that is because I naturally do want to do that. I want to go first time because in my mind I go, I've never seen you before. And, uh, and I've, and I've said that before and people are like, no, I've been here for a year. And then people are like, oh, wow, Dallas, you, you, you haven't, you just haven't noticed that person. It could be that, or it could be the fact that maybe that person, uh, was good at coming in and coming out and not connecting with anybody Mm. for a year, you know? And so, uh, and, and I think that's. And so again, as a pastor, I feel like it's some of my job to help break that tension of people who are maybe shy. And I'm not, you know, I, I consider myself a, an extroverted introvert. I can have introvert moments, and and but I, I also know that I can have extrovert moments, and so I try to break that. But I wonder if people wouldn't be as shocked about how long you become a life church if if they flip the script on that. They say, you know what, I'm not just going to come in and come out and just, you know, but I'm going to take advantage of this lobby experience that I see happen, you know, every, every week, which I, I'm a big fan of our, our church when it comes to having two services that we still have enough time for people to connect at either service you go to, you know, that they can, they can, you don't have to rush out and go, I gotta go. We're, we're jumping into the next service. I, I feel like I, we we're really good at that because I think community is a big thing for us. Um, but we have to take advantage of it. Yeah. And so you got to take advantage of the fact that, you know what, I, 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 I want to talk about it. You know, I want to introduce myself to people and connect with people so that I'm not, so I don't surprise people when they go, how long have you been coming here? And they say two years, you go, oh, wow. Yeah. You know, they, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, it's kind of hard to like walk up to just a group of people that are standing in the lobby and be like, hey, my name is so-and-so, right? Yes. So so come up to the Welcome Center. I talk to myself or one of the, you know, people up there and just be like, hey, here's something about me. Here's where I'm from. Blah, blah, blah. I want to get plugged in. Is there anyone here like you can connect me with? Because I could probably think of someone off the top of my head, like, Hey, you have a story that reminds me of, of pastor Keith. Let me connect you guys. And he's going to talk to you in the lobby and like, you're going to get just yeah. kind of like naturally plugged in and then you're going to meet other people and it, it'll, it'll be a ripple. But, uh, uh, when you were talking pastor Dallas, I had this like memory of when I was a kid on the playground and I fell down and I got hurt and I walked over, um, and sat down on the bench outside the playground. This was at school back when I went to school. Um, 
<laughs> I was homeschooled. That sounds really weird. <laughs> that sounds really weird. <laughs> I was homeschooled. Back when I went to school. When I went like, to school. 10 years yeah. ago, like yeah. normal people. <laughs> so anyway, I went and sat down by myself and uh, I was hurt and I was desperate for someone to notice me. I was so desperate, but I was a shy kid. And the teacher came over. She's like, are you okay? And in that moment, I, but I felt embarrassed, but I wanted her to see me, but I was embarrassed. And I was just like, yep, I'm fine. And so she walked away, but I still just felt this like aching loneliness. And that sort of became a metaphor for later on, like down the road where I'd get myself into situations where I was hurt but I just, I couldn't go beyond my, I couldn't humble myself enough to just ask for the help that I needed, even though I was so desperate for it. I was like just hurting inside, but I couldn't, I just couldn't admit it. Right. And it finally like took just some time and like having the right people in your life to like admit that, yes, I, I hurt in this way, in this way. And I feel really lonely and I just need you to see me and understand me. And that's, that is a really hard thing to do. It's hard to do in a church lobby. It's hard to do in your personal life uh, or among your friends and family, because maybe they think that you are a bubbly personality because that's what you slap on to get through the day. Right. And that's just not the case. Yeah, the lobby's scary for me. I'm terrified of the lobby almost every <laughs> single Sunday. I, uh, oh, I'm in the lobby, and I say hello to, to people. There are a lot of times where I like, oh, if I just put my eyes to the ground, just walk with intention. <laughs> that I'm, I'm out here, so like, you know, I'm out here, so I'm visible. But like, oh, I'd be okay if I didn't, if no one talked to me. Um, but I, but yet I go out to the lobby. I don't do what Dallas does. Like that's, that's amazing. That. Uh, <laughs> But I'll tell you what, there's a, there's, um, there's one person that I, I recently became friends with and, uh, I, I truthfully, I'd never even, I never even saw him up until a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. If you would have said this guy's name and had, had a bunch of pictures of him, be like, point out who he is. Be like, I, I don't know. <laughs> but yet he's been coming to life church as long as my family has, wow. which is 2015. I think he said it was 2015. In fact, uh, when he told me, I think that he was actually there Month, a couple months before us, mm. and so um, I never, I never saw, him, never saw him. But I can tell you this: that uh, when I, I did hear that story, and, and it's not as if like you guys all know who he, who he was. I just my path just never crossed. But as I've gotten to know him over the last couple months, um, we have so many things in common, mm-hmm. and like I think this guy's super cool. Like, mm-hmm. like I don't want to like be like like gushing on it, but like <laughs> this guy's a, this guy's someone that like, I'm cooler if I stand next to this guy. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, uh, we have same interests and he's a good Jesus dude. And then I, 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 I thought what you said, Pastor Alice, like, gosh, how come I never met this guy? Yeah. Mm. Right. Like I, you, you could feel bad for a second. I'm like, well, I wasn't, one of the two of us wasn't ready mm. for yeah. us to be friends. Our past crossed when God said, yeah, these two are going to hit it off pretty good now. And I have to remind myself too, that like, it's not up to me to know everyone in the building. Right. I want like, truthfully, like in, like if you ask me in in my heart of hearts, I do want to know everyone. I do. I, I, I think it'd be really cool because I, I'm a natural caring person. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, when you get into my circle, you never leave my circle. I'm a Mm -hmm. very loyal friend. Um, And it's, it's, it's because I do have a, a heart for humanity. I, 
I I get sad sometimes when I see the state of affairs. Yeah. Mm. And I'm like, oh, this isn't what we are, guys. Like I care for people. Mm-hmm. So I in my heart of hearts, I I do want to know everyone. I want to know their stories because I'm interested in history. I'm interested and everyone's got a history. Yeah. And everyone's like a like a history book mm-hmm. that you get to crack open. And um, but then my my belly also says, Yeah, but you know, you're you know, you're kind of weird. You know? Like, <laughs> like you're you're a decently shy person by nature. Like you remember that. So all that to say that like, I I do want to know people, but it's not my job to know everyone. Yeah. Because it it would be an impossible, it would be impossible. Yeah. Um, And then like too, if I knew everyone, like um, if I knew everyone, then like the last two months, every time I talk with Andrew, I'm like, dude, it's so cool. Like then I, then I'd lose that spark of meeting new people and be like, how come we've never been friends? Like on paper, yeah. we should have been friends years ago. Yeah. So there's that excitement about yeah. life. Like that's, you know, today, today I came to work who, I don't know who, who I could meet. Right. Sunday, Sunday's service. I don't know what I'm going to see. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I don't know who is going to be in my path and I don't know how much better my life's going to be if I show up, if I just show up. And and I know this is easier said than done. Some people are like, yeah, but now I'm, I was like, who are you talking about? And then you said his name. The difference is though, is Andrew finally got to that point where he said, you know, I'm going to put, I'm, I'm going to join the circle. I've been afraid to join the circle, but now I'm going to, I'm going to go to this circle of people and just introduce myself. And he made friends out of it. I know for some of you guys, it's, it's like, I might as well say stab yourself in the shoulder. Uh, when I say you should just go introduce yourself to a circle. Uh, like I, th- I think it's, I get it. I like, would I do it in a public place? Yeah, I would. I'm sorry. I'm just not a different, I'm a different <laughs> case. I'm sorry. I, I have to fight myself to not, but, but imagine what could happen if you just introduce yourself in a circle and see what happens. Exactly. So. And I think the point here is that loneliness is temporary. Yes. Loneliness has an end. And so if you feel like you're struggling with loneliness, just know that that's not your permanent condition. You don't yeah. have to stay lonely. Uh, there can be an end because you don't, you don't know where God is trying to cross a path for you. And so pray for that cross path instead of, you know, just praying like uh, focusing on the loneliness, pray for what is to come and and what could be and kind of fix your eyes on that because then naturally in the lobby, you'll probably reach out. Then naturally in life, you'll probably, you know, call your friend versus text them. Like you're, you're going to be shifting your mindset into a a little bit more healthy way. Calling your friend instead of texting my, I, 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 Sometimes like, cause I have had my phone on silent for over a year. <laughs> so like if my phone makes a weird noise, like I look at it, like, what is, what is it doing? What is it talking about? Oh, there's a, oh, there's a phone number. On yeah. the phone. <laughs> it's ringing. Like there's been times where I'm like, what is my phone doing? Like, well, Hey, here's a good reminder. Maybe you got to turn your volume on. You walk, you walk up to it and shake it and be like, is it broke? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. Humorous, but yeah, good, good, good one-liner there. You see, I was told by a wise man once that uh, that you know you're called to ministry when you can take any line or any situation and come up with a metaphor from it. Mm. I Why appreciate the comment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tell us that. I appreciate. It. I should have even said it. I should have. We should just assume it was Pastor Sean that said it. So. <laughs> I read this quote the other day. I have no clue who said it, 
Uh, it was anonymous, but I just thought that it was so good. Someone said, it's no new thing to be lonely. It comes to all of us sooner or later. If we try to retreat from it, we end up in a darker hell. But if we face it, if we remember that there are millions of others like us, if we try to reach out to comfort them and not ourselves, we find in the end, we are lonely no longer. I mean, one of the great cures of loneliness is for you to reach out to others, but the other cure is for you to reach out in need. Is that like what I just said? <laughs> I kind of feel like I just said. that's what I just said, Sean, man. Dang. It's like I already heard this sermon twice before. Uh, yeah, it's it's a shift. It's a perspective change. It's not to say that it's not all about you, but like it's not all about you. And that's a really hard thing, I think, to kind of grasp when you are suffering and you're feeling that like just this overall burning, overwhelming feeling of like you get stuck in the in the cycle of feeling alone, but not feeling able to go beyond yourself. And it's, it just is over and over and over again. And so I... Uh, I think this is just a good reminder to break through. You can change your thoughts, first of all. Uh, you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You don't have to be lonely forever. Uh, and there is more for you. And there are people who want to get to know you. And I think that you may struggle with that concept of no one wants to know me uh, because you don't know you don't know what I've done. You don't know who I've been. You don't know where I've been, you know, what I've been through uh, because during those seasons, everyone I knew turned away from me. So there's my proof, right? You're always gonna look for the proof of friends who walked away or whatever, but you just, you don't know now who's who's there and who needs to know you. And perhaps they left for wrong reasons, um, but God has a plan for you and it's a plan for good. And so start with who's ever first. If it's easiest to come up, uh, yeah, to one of us in the lobby, yeah. uh, I'm more than happy to help plug you in. I do that every single Sunday with tons of people. Like it's, yeah. it wouldn't be unusual. Yeah. Uh, and you, I think we can start to think like, well, I'm the only one. So it would be so weird if I came up there and said this, like, no, it's not. People mm -hmm. say that all the time. Oh yeah. And, and I also like, even, and I have to say this because I, I did this once. I, I was, I, I, my senior year, I, I, I decided to go to a different school. I did go back to my original school, but I did it all for a girl. <laughs> so, <laughs> and she broke up with me. And so that's why I went back. But I remember there's a season, I'm trying to go to school by myself, trying to get to know people. And I see, and I want to become a part of a Christian club at the school. And I see a girl in between classes um, with a Christian shirt on. So I went to her, I go, hey, is there a Christian club here? And she goes, yeah, I, I would love to talk to you more. I have to get to my another class. It's like over it. Mm. And I never went to anyone again. And so I never found out about this club. And and I and I said, well, she, 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 you know, she turned her back on me. Mm. She didn't, she was in between classes. Like I just w did a walkthrough with my, with my daughter for the middle school. And I was like, I was nervous for, her. I was like, these hallways are long and your first period and second period class are not close to each other. I'm like, you got to come up with a strategy. Maybe you can go through <laughs> these doors. You know, I'm trying to think of this and she's like, not worried at all about it, but, but they were long. And so we can easily use the excuse of, well, I went to someone and they were busy. That's gonna happen. That's so. You good. know, I had I had to wrangle a kid who was who was in the older kids' class who should have been in the younger kids' class, and I was like, "Hey, you're actually in the wrong room," and and I like I had to pick him up because he was like, "No, like I want to be in this class." I'm like, "You can't handle this class yet." Hence, why I have to pick you up. You know, and imagine if someone came up to me and was like, "Hi, Pastor Dallas. I'm you know I'm so and so." I'd be like. 
uh, hi, just give me one moment. I got to get this kid yeah, in the right class. That's and so, so good. like, don't, you know, just know that we want to connect with you. But if something happens and maybe they didn't hear you the right way or anything like that, don't go, well, I tried and you're done. No, tr- the connection is for you. Like you said, it's for you uh, to get out of this loneliness. And so keep pushing, keep trying. I know it's hard. You're like, easier said and done, you know, popular guy. And I'm like, <laughs> I know, but it wasn't always easy for me. I had, uh, you have to keep pushing and you'll get great results out of it. And, and friendships that you didn't think you'd have because of it. Yeah. Uh, you, you have to get pushed. Um, yeah, if nothing changes, nothing's going to change. So, uh, mm-hmm. I, I told, I told the two, um, before the podcast that, uh, I was going to speak about, uh, a, a topic <laughs> and it was kind of a shocking topic mm. and, and I didn't tell them when I was going to speak about it. So as they weren't anticipating it, but, um, so when I, when I, when I, when I have to do something that's very, very uncomfortable, uh, I, I often think of uh, the story of, and it's called, here's what the story's called in the internet if you want to Google it, uh, the Miracle of the Andes. Now, the Miracle of the Andes uh, was about um, f- flight uh, 571. It was a Uruguayan fight, flight that was going from Uruguay to Chile. And the passengers on it were the Uruguay national team uh, for rugby. So they were going from uh, from Uruguay to have a match against Chile. So the team was on it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, doctors, some medical students, because the majority of the team was comprised of of a college. So they had medical students. And then they had some friends and family that were on the, on the flight, uh, uh, 45 in all. And this flight uh, tragically crashed into the Andes. And... Um, in the crash, uh, a handful of people perished from the immediate impact into the Andes, uh, into a mountain in the Andes. But then it was left with uh, some like 40, 39, 38, a, a decent number of people were, were still alive. And they made a movie out of this story um, in uh, uh, 1993, and it was in the movie called Alive. Mm, yes. Now, how the story goes is that it's in October and this plane crashes into the Andes. And uh, again, a handful perished immediately upon impact. The others were stuck on the top of the Andes mountains um, and no one was coming for them. Hmm. You know, the first few days they were like, well, we figured that there would be a search party out for us. And those days passed. And you're, you're in the winter and on the Andes mountains. And I don't know if you guys know, understand the Andes mountains, but it is snow. Yeah. It's freezing. It, with the plane crash, uh, people that had broken legs and broken arms, um, over the next few days, they, they would pass. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so they, they're, they're, in this, they're in this position because there's a handful of people that, that lived and realized that if they do nothing, they're just going to die on this mountain. You know, slow death. And so with what little food they had over the course of, the next several days, their food ran out mm-hmm. and they're, they are, they have this impossible decision that they had ended up resorting and they ended up resorting to eating some of the body parts of the people that had passed. Right. And so that's uh, the part of that story is half of that is, is like they were put their backs were pressed so far against the wall that, that that's what had to happen mm. in order for them to survive or else they would die. 
Um, and how the story ends is two, two of the most well-bodied people in the group um, after I think it's almost 80 days, they climb down the mountain over the course of 10 days and then climb up another mountain Ugh. and they, they get to safety sending a rescue squad to the mountain. Um, the story and the, and the movie really, really hit home on the, well, oh, they had to resort to obviously cannibalism. And if you think about it like that, the grotesque idea of that, but then you think about if you're in this point in your life where you've, you've come to the, the impossible decisions that you have to make of that, and this is a Catholic team. So they, they, they were the, I, I read interviews later on in life where they're like, we as a team and friends and family, we, we had to go outside and pray. Yeah. And that was the answer that was given to us. And if that answer had not come, we would have just died on that mountain. Mm. But that was the answer that came to us. Um, one thing that I like to take note of that is that in their, in the most impossible decisions you have to make in life, that team chose to go to prayer. And even if the answer was mm. in my head almost impossible, how do you do that? Like, yeah. like how do you how do you come? Like, I couldn't even fathom that. So that's half the story for me. The other half is that there were two people that went down in the Andes Mountains, uh, virtually unclothed, malnourished. Yeah, impossible. People tried and track those mountains, and they tragically pass as yeah. a recreational sport. Yeah, yeah. But yet these two said that. We are the most well-bodied people to do this in this group. If nobody leaves, we are all dead. Wow. These two people go down this mountain, climb up the, the other side of it, and get to safety. <laughs> and I think sometimes when we get on this, uh, I said last week, I'm, I, I was, I've been a person that had suffered from depression the vast majority of my life. It comes in spurts. But at some point, I need to either climb off the mountain and go to safety, or I'm going to just die. Mm-hmm. At some point, you have to do what could be considered one of the most unspeakable acts, or you're going to die. And if you're listening, sometimes you just have to pick up your phone. Yeah. <laughs> and then when you put all that into perspective, like when I think of impossible things that I need to do, mm-hmm. I, that movie, the 1993 movie starring Ethan Hawke, I think he does a sensational acting job in that movie. The whole movie was, mm. they had, surviving members be on the production crew to ensure authenticity of the movie. And I remember watching it as a kid. And uh, I think at the time it was, it was for uh, like a, like a school thing. Like, Mm. like this is, and, but I remember like how that, how much that had had that, that story impacted Mm. much of my major, like that, I haven't forgotten that movie Yeah, in major times in my life where I have to think about things that movie pops up. Like I couldn't even imagine. Yeah. But I just have to do this in this instant. I feel like I can do that. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I've never been asked to scale a mountain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I just have to, I just have to text somebody and say hello. Yeah. You know, I, I've never had to even consider cannibalism, but all I had to do is go into a lobby and just make myself available. Mm. I've never had to, come to the impossibility of even coming to God with such a scenario. All I have to do is sit, is ask God, why, why is this happening for me today? Yeah. You know, and when I break it down in the, in the, the realm of the 1993 movie alive, it seems like all my other stuff is kind of, kind of small time. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then when things become small time in my life, uh, I, light starts getting shined on them for what they really are. And the vast majority of the things I, I was always told, don't sweat the small stuff. And you just got to remember that everything's small stuff. Hmm. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. I, that's so good. <laughs> hey, I got nothing don't after sweat that. Wow. All right. So do, do we know the topic for next week? I haven't gotten the notes yet. Uh, oh, uh, I, did we just talk about it? Grief? I think it's Is grief. Becky up yes. next? Yes, Becky. Becky's mm-hmm. up next. Uh, pastor Becky's up next. You're a homeless pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so next week we'll be talking about awesome. grief. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I know Becky, she's going to bring the, bring the fire. And uh, so I'm, I can't wait. I'm going to be front row <laughs> taking uh, notes. I was going to say, if I know Pastor Becky, there might be some crying. <laughs> and that too. But she just, she delivers the word in a way that is like incredible. Yes. So I, I'm really excited for Thank that. You. Yeah. This series has been, I don't know. I'm uh, Some of these things you may struggle with and some you may not. You may have been like us uh, kind of the beginning and show like, wow. About loneliness, like yeah. maybe that wasn't me. And then we're talking, we're like, man, now we we all feel this stuff. Like mm-hmm. this is human stuff, right? Like uh, if you're alive and breathing, you're going through these things. And so don't disqualify yourself from any of mm-hmm. the weeks. Uh, go back and listen if you have, you know, maybe you're just getting plugged into a routine. I think we're seeing that a lot right now. Like yeah. you're coming back, kids are getting to school. Uh, it's back to business. And so mm-hmm. um, catch up. Uh, there's been some really good stuff this summer that we've gone over, including a four week series on the Holy Spirit. Like listen to that. So we're happy that you're, you're back and in a, a groove. So yeah. time to get plugged in. And that includes other people that includes getting out of your isolation of summer vacation and, and that, and getting back plugged in to a community. So that's why we're here. I, I, I wonder, have you guys like, so this is week four. Mm-hmm. Um, every week has, has been emotions that I've dealt with on a I would truly say on a, on a, on a severe level. Yeah. Mm. Um, like, like, and so yeah. this next week is grief. Um, mm-hmm. have you guys taken these weeks to self evaluate, to evaluate yourself? Oh yeah. To, totally. Definitely. Like, like, as I say, like, w- I think we talked about it in the pre-show and I don't know if like, I, I don't know, if, I don't, again, I don't know if I'm actually technically lonely, you know? Mm. And I, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have said that last week. Yeah. In yeah. fact, I think at staff meeting last week, I said, no, I'm a decently lonely person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I, today I'm sitting here saying, I, I don't think loneliness is the problem whatsoever. Yeah. I have, I have, I have friends around me. I have family. I have, so if it's not loneliness, then what, then what, mm. then what is it? You know what Pastor Sean said about uh, having situational loneliness, that really struck me. I was like, oh, that's me. Yes. So, and for me, that was like kind of freeing. It was like taking this thing that hung over my head, you know, these, these words that have been spoken. You're lonely. Yeah. You're lonely. Don't you feel so lonely mm-hmm. right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like taking that and just throwing it at the wall and saying, get out of here. I'm not, lo- no, I am known. I am perfectly made. I am, you know, I am understood. So yeah. don't put that over me. So, so yeah, some of these things have been like very freeing, uh, yes. whether you, I you, agree thought that you had it or d- struggled with it or whatever. So yeah, totally. I, I agree. So this week, uh, like a, like a pre, I'm excited for, for, to hear about grief. I, yeah. as a precursor, uh, my, my father passed away when tragically when I was five, um, mm-hmm. which started a cascade of dominoes falling in my life that mm. uh, I, I guess if I, if we were to go through it all, any, any human being would say like, well, no, that makes sense. Why, why you turned out the way you did. Mm-hmm. Um, but today I don't use any of those things as, um, as an excuse 
Yeah. I don't use any of those things more, any more than just uh, mile markers on, on this, on this journey. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, 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 I'm a person very excited to, to, to hear a sermon on grief yeah. on Sunday. Um, and, and I'm very excited that if you are experiencing grief, I'm very excited that maybe you have a possibility of this week seeing something different. Yeah. Um, seeing, hearing God speak differently into you, mm-hmm. shed light on things that you may start this week. Like I did thinking I was lonely and ended the week as I'm not lonely. I don't, I don't think, no, I don't think that's it. There's something, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's that. Yeah. And so I, I, I'm very excited for, yeah. for this one. And that may sound weird to say, I'm very excited to hear a sermon on grief yeah. nice. and to, to see what, what God can possibly change in the hearts of my friends. So nice. good. So, nice. uh, Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Hey, thanks for listening to this week. Um, this week's episode. If you like the episode, Hey, the, the thing we found out that if you like the episodes like that we have, and some people have been telling us, Oh yeah, I've just been binging like five in a row. And then, uh, that's cool. But like, just subscribe to yes. th- the podcast, yeah. because if you subscribe while this is a relatively super consistent show, every Wednesday, it's going to drop. I, I don't know. Maybe there's a Wednesday where it won't drop, yeah. you know? Hey, yeah. Who knows? And, and so if you subscribe to the podcast and then, then you know, when the episodes drop, yes. you yeah. get, the notes that are attached to our episode. So uh, if you haven't taken the opportunity, subscribe to the podcast um, and send us emails. Uh, Send us, we received a bunch this week on last week's depression uh, topic and um, they definitely fuel us. Yes. And they definitely motivate us. And, and some, like, like Megan said, sometimes in the summer you're like, should we even do this anymore? (laughs) (laughs) But it it, it gives us um, that, Yes. Yeah. That spark to keep yeah, going. So, totally. And we love hearing, like I, I can say this, we, we love hearing um, what your guys' takes are on, on these yes. sermons and, yeah. and ideas that you have for uh, topics to talk about. Mm-hmm. So me, Megan and, and Dallas have been talking about maybe doing other shows. Yeah. Maybe starting another show. And we, these things sparked because of emails we're getting that people are like, you guys should do this. You guys, oh, you guys should. So, I mean, I'd Give like us to, some more ideas. Yeah, I'd like to yeah. say that all these are coming up. We're coming up with all the ideas ourselves, right. but we aren't. <laughs> so, That's true. so, hey, thank you for Pastor Dallas, for Megan. Uh, I'm Pastor Keith. Thanks for listening. We can't wait to talk to you again next week.